Hello, before I was able to publish this podcast, all the games got cancelled, so please keep that in mind while we preview the Shaka game, which now will not happen. Welcome to episode 321 of the Yellow Wall Pods. I'm your host, Stefan Bosco, and today we will talk about Borussia Dortmund's elimination from the Champions League against Paris Saint-Germain and the 180th Revier Derby, which will be played behind closed doors and is potentially the final game of the season. And for all that and more, joins me Adam Derowski. Hello, Adam. Good to have you back. How are you doing? Doing well. Thank you very much. This episode is sponsored by Nick Dore. Thank you, Nick. You can follow him on Twitter at ndore21. Please do so. If you also want to sponsor an episode, go to patreon.com slash theyellowwall for more information. Anyway, let's uh, start with the show. Borussia Dortmund lost 2-0 away to PSG in front of exactly nobody, even though outside of the stadium there was quite the pandemonium. Um, Adam, I'm af I'm afraid uh, you were one of the few lucky people that didn't get to see the full game. You only saw highlights. Right. Uh, my my ritual is that I usually are not I'm not able to watch uh, the European matches live. I usually wait and and hide from the score, and then I watch it later because I I can't know what the score is. But unfortunately, a friend of mine shot me a text about the result while I was uh, off coaching, so I haven't gotten to actually watch it yet. Besides the highlights. Yeah, that makes your opinion all the more valuable. <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> the good news is um, I personally don't want to talk too much about the game and I feel like um, there are going to be uh, a couple more episodes ahead where we will probably dissect it a little closer. This is sort of an emergency podcast in the sense that uh, you are on and not the regular panel because uh, Matthias Suk right now traveling <laughs> Germany and not being sure whether he can travel back to the United States oh, and uh, Lars sadly is sick uh, just hoping he does not have uh, the coronavirus and Constantine is uh, clearly still drunk <laughs> <laughs> no no idea what he's doing but uh, he's also unavailable so Adam thank you for doing this um, I would say this about the game against PSG is uh, sort of what happened is every what everyone had feared would happen is that Dortmund were far too passive and we have to say that PSG's pressing sadly worked really well, especially in the first like 20 to 25 minutes, Dortmund hardly had any stints of possession and control and uh, conceding a goal via a set piece is obviously infuriating, especially if it's Neymar who, um, yeah, could head in a header. Um, mm -hmm. Nothing you want to see happening. And yeah, Dortmund just got into the game way too late. The positivity they showed in the last 20 minutes was uh, sadly not enough. And uh, you've seen the highlights. Um, are there any good chances you remember from Dortmund? 
Uh, gosh, uh, there wasn't really too much that stood out, actually. The thing that stood out to me was the, the great chance for Imrajan to get in the face of Neymar towards the end. That was that was the most exciting and fulfilling thing to me. Yeah, well, sadly, he got sent off with a straight red there. Um, I right. think that was justified. You saw the shove. Um, that was, that was uh, yeah. I mean, it was a shove, but not the straight red card kind of shove. Everyone knows, and especially Anthony Taylor, The English referee should know what Neymar does on a game-to-game basis. So that was way over the top. I actually thought it was uh, like two consecutive yellow cards. The first one for the tactical foul, which clearly was an offense that you should book him for and then instigating a brawl. But it was a straight red. What I thought was positive from Dortmund um, was that they had control in the second half and they, they tried to mount a challenge, but uh, PG defended really well, I have to say, and didn't really allow too many shots. Dortmund had a lot of attempts from distance, but the penetration overall lacked. And uh, when Lucien Favre brought on Julian Brandt for Axel Witzel, I thought it was already a bit too late. And uh, I think you've seen the last couple of games and uh, you can see that this team is clearly tired. Like they are right. at the heights of, of their ability right now, which uh, also doesn't bode too well for the Revier Derby. And of course, PSG had the weekend off because the uh, league game against Strasbourg got cancelled uh, due to the coronavirus. So um, yeah, all in all, very disappointing um, that Dortmund are out of the Champions League. Um, there are obviously a lot of uh, people who want Favre out now. Um, I don't know if it will happen immediately. Uh, well, actually, I do know it won't happen immediately. I don't know if it will happen at the end of the summer or not and how anything continues at, at this given moment. So, um, we'll, we'll see. Um, I assume, uh, we will also talk about this game with Ed from PSG Talk again, either on his show or here. So um, are there any overall comments you want to make on Dortmund's European campaign of the 2019-2020 season? Oh, it, 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 like you said, it's very disappointing for it to end like this because the, the first leg of the PSG match just... it. It was like elation. Uh, we had the goals by by Erling Holland. We had uh, just this wonderful performance, and unfortunately, we had that one away goal that went in. And I just feel like it was a tough draw. I I'm still very pleased with overall how they how they did in Europe, but it is a bitter swel- a bitter pill to swallow at the very end, uh, going out like this to uh, a PSG team that is is. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty frustrated by the uh, a lot of the um, the aftermath of the match with uh, PSG kind of mimicking Holland's celebration and things like that. That's been very frustrating to see, as well as uh, uh, Neymar dropping to the ground uh, for Emre Can, because as we just saw in the game against Gladbach, there were a lot of clashes between players, and we didn't have players just dropping to the ground as easily as that. So it was it just it was it felt just icky to to go out like that against PSG. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Michel Zorc put it uh, quite nicely after the game. He said that PSG didn't try their hardest, and I think that that was certainly true. I never felt like Dortmund uh, played at the level to really challenge PSG, and this PSG team throughout the 90 minutes they 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 weren't like on a super high level it's just that Dortmund 
for some reason couldn't play against them. And it's it's super frustrating because you know that this Dortmund side usually is always good for a goal, at least create some chances, but that certainly wasn't the case. And I mean, uh, they, they really had a lot of uh, things going for them. I think um, not having a home crowd in the stadium is an advantage, even maybe not the biggest. I also think that Kylian Mbappé being sick and not able to start is an advantage. Having uh, Thomas Meunier, who is very heavily linked with Dortmund, and uh, Verratti suspended is a big advantage. So um, in in many ways, uh, a lot of things were going in Dortmund's way, plus the fact that PSG uh, are known to choke in the second leg after round of 16. So uh, you could have done something about that as well but uh, Dortmund never really forced the issue and the problem in my view was that uh, it was just too timid too passive and uh, Dortmund attempting to defend which uh, is fine if you're able to do that but uh, they clearly were not and hence it's uh, yeah frustrating and then of course um, the entire uh, way Paris players celebrated was like a slap in the face, I think, to many Dortmund fans. Um, they justified it that uh, Dortmund players had social media posts provoking them or so. I think that's juvenile nonsense, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 annoying. And also, uh, I thought you could have just suspended this match overall because having a group of, of PSG ultras in front of the stadium, I don't know, lighting up fireworks or so is not really what you want to contain a pandemic uh if they're you know bulked up in front of the stadium so that was stupid and so yeah it just leaves a sour taste in your mouth to be honest there were definitely positives to take from the champions league campaign this season though i mean they opened with that nil nil to barcelona yeah they didn't get the three points out of it but was such an incredible offensive display by dortmund and well, and Ter Stegen. <laughs> but uh, then we also had uh, that Inter match. We'll, we'll never forget that one coming back and, and winning 3-2. And uh, as a Roman Berkey fan, I loved those matches against Slavia Prague where he just stood on his head and, and got the wins in both games for us. Yeah, definitely. Um, Mark London actually sent us uh, something about that. Uh, he said Favre's Dortmund playing away versus big team record in the last season was a 2-0 loss to Atleti. A 3 nothing against Tottenham, a 5 nothing against Bayern this season. It's a 2-0 away to Inter, a 4-0 away to Bayern, a 3-1 away to Barcelona. And now the 2 nothing against PSG. He says 7 games, 7 losses, 21 goals conceded, 1 goal scored. Um, we certainly need to talk about that. And uh, I, I'll just direct that to you, Adam. Uh, what do you make of this, which is quite of an abysmal record, if, if we're honest? Right. These are these are the big the big teams that they have to face and when when they face them at home, they're stepping it up. But on the road, it just seems like the, the Bundesliga struggles that they're having on, on the road just simply carry over to the Champions League and when they're facing even tougher competition there, it just gets even uglier. So I don't know if it's down to just a, a general youth on the team. I, I don't know if that can be an excuse anymore with this team because we've got some older players in now. We've got, you know, Witzel and and, and uh, Hummels and, and Emre John in the middle. Like, these are not young players that are supposed to get shaken. And Lucas and, uh, for that matter. 
Right. Not that I think these players particularly are getting shaken. I don't know. Maybe it's down to, to coaching. Uh, I, I'm usually not the first person on the fiber out train, but um, there is an issue, a continuing issue with this team playing on the road in every competition, but uh, in the Champions League against these big teams, it's even worse. Yeah, the thing is, we've observed this for so long, but uh, I don't have a good explanation for this. And I don't, I don't know if making Favre's head roll for it makes anything better for that matter. So, right. I think it's 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 good to be pointed out, and it's uh, quite disappointing for a lot of Dortmund fans to see such a vast contrast. Um, I would say this: um, it highlights the uh, the strength or the amazingness of the Westfalenstadion for sure. Um, I'll read a set later that uh, will highlight that once again. Um, I mean, if you see the Westfalen Shadow in all its might, you always think, well, this will really help the team. So actually, it shouldn't be surprising that they're not doing as well on the road, considering the amazing and fantastic stadium they have, that uh, at home they are just uh, such a powerhouse. But it's really, the, the contrast is such a discrepancy that it's, uh, you know, it's getting a bit embarrassing at, at this point. But, uh, I, you know... In, in terms of coaching, um, maybe the one thing I would say is that uh, the club wants to brand itself with the word intensity. You know, everything about the Borussia Dortmund experience is supposed to be about the intense lift experience or whatever, but um, that does not reflect on the football pitch on the road, definitely, um, because Dortmund were sitting back. They weren't really pressing PSG when they were... Um, attacking them was usually not beyond the halfway line and uh, you know that I, I think in, in these big games regardless of whether home or away soil um, you, you need to play with a bit more courage and put more pressure on opponents especially in the first 20 minutes just to put a marker down showing other teams that you're in the game and uh, PG certainly were up for it. They threw themselves in, into more tackles than probably ever, according to uh, the PSG fans that I follow. So um, they were all very happy with the defensive performance they, their team showed. So yeah, um, it, it wasn't it wasn't like PSG was, as I said before, uh, playing on on their very best. I thought Neymar also didn't have his best or greatest game. And uh, Juan Bernard, let's be honest, got a little bit lucky with the 2-0 that he poked the ball into the far corner like he did. Um, but that all being said, uh, it wouldn't have mattered anyway because the one nothing would have been enough for PSG and Dortmund never looked like they were going to score in this game. Um, shout out to Mario Götze for his five-minute cameo. Uh, he, he, he tried to help, but you know, obviously didn't work. So yeah, now the question is obviously, does this loss or win mean anything for either team because of the coronavirus it might be that the entire competition gets cancelled or postponed who knows so um yeah may maybe it's a worthless win in the end for psg or uh if if not i i actually hope then they draw bayern and bayern can avenge dortmund because i i want to see this psg team lose very badly because of their post-game antics that's just me though i don't know about that <laughs> It is not just you. Okay. All right. So um, that's enough for uh, talking about this PSG game. It sucked. Uh, Emre Can getting sent off sucked even more. 
Uh, nothing good there. No one saw it. So let's just move on. <laughs> uh, and that will be the 180th Revere Derby, Adam. Are you excited about this Derby or are you not considering there will be no fans in the stadium? And uh, I don't know if you've seen the uh, Gladbach against Cologne game, but that was just peculiar and shitty and weird. And I, I've said it on Twitter before and I'll say it again now. Uh, I think you should just cancel all games already before before they even play. Right. I tend to agree with you. I did catch a bunch of that Gladbach game. And then uh, I also watched uh, Lask and Man United today on a, on a very empty stadium as well. And it's just it's like a, a training session. And what we were just talking about, about their struggles, uh, not playing in front of the the crowd in the West Island Stadium, but I just I, I worry about this this game against Schalke. That how how are they going to come up with uh, nobody behind them? Uh, you can't really plan for it as if it's a home game or an away game because it's really neither. It's it's just uh, empty. So I, I'm not sure what to expect. I have this nervousness with it. I still have. Uh, some confidence that they will use their quality to win, but it, that's what they're going to have to use is their quality. They're not going to be able to rely on their fans getting behind them to push them through it. You know, I would say this. The last game Dortmund played at home to Schalke was uh, the only home match that Lucien Favre lost in the Bundesliga and also the last home loss at all, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and what's wrong with this derby? I think the last two derbies was the 4-4 and then the 4-2 loss. So Dortmund have conceded four goals or eight goals in the, in the last two home derbies. Um, and I always think there's a certain amount of uh, nervousness from this Dortmund side because of maybe how the atmosphere is or what this derby means to the fans. Maybe in, in that sense, it can have a calming effect and maybe a positive effect on Dortmund, even though um, I really don't like these words leaving my lips. But um, <laughs> maybe maybe this is like the one silver lining Uh Obviously, it's hard to measure and you can only speculate before the fact and after the fact about it. But uh, that's the only thing I'll, I'll throw out there. Um, Schalke right now obviously are in sixth place and uh, they are not really doing well. Dortmund have only won one out of the last eight meetings. This was the 2-1 at Schalke in December 2018. The last derby in Dortmund saw Schalke win 4-2 Dortmund's only home loss under Lucien Favre, as I said before. Borussia Dortmund were only one point ahead of Schalke before the first meeting this season, which was a scoreless draw, whereas 14 points now separated two sides. Arling Haaland has scored more than double the amount of goals that Schalke have managed since the winter break so far, with Haaland's 9 to Schalke 4th. Schalke have only scored once in their last 387 minutes of football, which was Weston McKinney scoring against Hoffenheim, while BVB have netted 10 times in this time frame. And Dortmund could pick up their 800th Bundesliga win in the upcoming Revier W. while Schalke could let in their 2,500th goal in the Bundesliga. So that's exciting, right? <laughs> After a 1-1 draw against Hoffenheim, Schalke are without a win in their last seven Bundesliga games with four draws and three losses, a longer wait than any other Bundesliga side, and Schalke <laughs> are without a win in their last six Bundesliga away games, which is three draws and three losses, longer than any other Bundesliga side. 
and they last endured a longer winless streak on the road between February and May of 2015, which were nine games. And Schalke have failed to score in all four of their last Bundesliga away games in 2020. This last happened between September and November in 2001. The Royal Blues last went on a longer goalless streak away from home between April and September in 1998, which was five games. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, so here are a couple of positive stats for, for Dortmund. Uh, Dortmund's Jane Sancho has had a hand in at least one goal in his last eight Bundesliga games. He has been directly involved in more Bundesliga goals than any other player this season with uh, 14 goals and 15 assists. And Schalke's Amin Harit has been directly involved in more Bundesliga goals than any, any other of his teammates this term. Six goals and four assists but hasn't had a hand in a goal in his last nine games. Ed, Schalke haven't won any of these matches. Yeah, Schalke has come away with a win in one out of their last 10 Bundesliga matches, and somehow they are in sixth place. And I just, I'm having a hard time figuring out how that can happen, because I think they only started in, in like fourth. So that's not very far to drop with just getting that many points in 10 games. You know, Schalke had a very good start. They, I think they beat Gladbach to nothing at home. Yes. This is at the start of the Rückrunde. And I personally thought, well, uh, this is an entirely new Schalke and they're here to stay. And uh, Thomas... Thomas Wagner? No, Dave Wagner. Dave Wagner. <laughs> Thomas Wagner, someone else. Uh, Dave Wagner uh, is, is doing an incredible job there. And uh, they are pressing everyone hard and our super intense team. And this is sort of the the way you want, want Dortmund to play and then for a reason completely unbeknownst to me maybe maybe a reason beknownst to me because I know Schalke and that's just how Schalke is um they completely dropped off so yeah that was that was very weird right since then uh they've scored two and allowed 15 uh, including two five-nil losses to Bayern and, and Leipzig, and I don't know one one change that seemed to happen then was uh, right at the beginning. So this was ten matches now that they haven't had uh, Nubel as the captain. So that was one change since uh, Nubel was sent off against Eintracht. Uh, they just have that one win against Gladbach in ten. I don't know if we can say that Nubel was the, the cause of all of their, their success because since he came back, obviously, he's been very different. But um, that is a, maybe that was something that disrupted their flow when, when he had that uh, moment of madness. Well, Nubel is definitely on the record because uh, he has had a couple of goalkeeper errors. I think right. the, the latest uh, incident was against Cologne. And uh, he got basically abused by the Schalke fans. You know, if you, if you uh, sign for Bayern Munich as a Schalke goalkeeper, this is sort of what you set yourself up for. But he said that uh, ever since that uh, moment against Frankfurt, his confidence had been basically shattered and uh, he's not feeling the same mojo than he has before. So if there is a correlation or a relation, then uh, then maybe that's it. That's my best guess. How are you feeling going into this one? Because, yeah, I'm not sure exactly how to feel. You know, in front of empty stands, uh, it's it's going to be a very peculiar atmosphere and uh, nothing will feel even remotely derby-like. But I think Dortmund should have this game, to be honest. I, I've seen Schalke in, in recent games and, uh, yeah, 
I, I have zero confidence in this Schalke team of, of winning this game. But the problem is, uh, it's, it's a Revere Derby and literally anything can happen. This one game where form for some reason doesn't matter. Um, so the interesting thing is, um, and for now it's just a rumor, but, um, I think Express wrote it. So again, treated with extra care. Um, But apparently they are thinking about the, the Deutsche Fußballliga to basically end the entire competition after 26 match days. So basically this could be the last game of the season and then uh, add four more teams to the league next season. So nobody has to get uh, relegated. But since it would be three teams that could get relegated, um, you just add another so you don't have an uneven number. And I think you did the math. That would mean instead of 35 met, uh, 34 match days, you'd have 42 match days. Um, so I go, went to Kicker and got to the table calculator where you can put in the results and it uh, sort of uh, calculates the Bundesliga table for you. And uh, the good news for Dortmund, obviously, that I didn't have to calculate this is uh, if that were to be the case, they are very much safe for the Champions League qualification because right now they are four points ahead of Bayer Leverkusen and there is no way Leverkusen can make that up in one match day. Schalke, however, are in sixth right now, so they would qualify for Europe, but uh, they could be overtaken by Wolfsburg, by Freiburg, by Hoffenheim. So uh, theoretically, they could uh, drop as low as ninth place. So um, this team would have much more to play for. But the thing is, we don't know about this decision yet because that would uh, come out as early as next week. So um, yeah, it's just a theory floating around right now. But uh, what do you make of this? Uh, the, the str there are a couple strange things that I see in this. Uh, well, one of them is adding four teams. I guess, like you said, you have to do that because there's that third team that would be battling for the relegation. You could either play that relegation match, and that would be the last game of the season, which would be a weird match to, to end the season on. But um, Or you can add four. So if you add four, yes, that's a much larger schedule because I don't think that you're going to see them break away from the home away uh schedule you, you kind of, kind of got to face everybody twice right another strange thing is that they said they would not crown a champion which seems odd i mean there is a team that is in first place by as of now a, a, a slightly comfortable margin well it's, they're going to be first place but i guess it, technically it could drop to one in this match day but it, Bayern's up by four points. Why wouldn't Bayern be the champion? Is is what I want to know. And also, I, I actually don't want to know. I'm 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 I've accepted that already. It's fine by me. Rubber stamped. <laughs> no right. questions asked. <laughs> no, continue. And then it seems strange that you would award the European positions based on league ranking, but you wouldn't name a champion based on league ranking. So that's that's one thing that sits pretty funny with me. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I understand completely your logic, but, um, you know, it's just weird overall. So I will say this, um, the uh, all major American sports leagues have been suspended, right? Um, Italy have suspended their league, the uh, Spanish La Liga have suspended. So um, this sort of hinges all on whatever the UEFA decides, right? So if UEFA says we will push back the Euros, then there might be time, depending on how long this pandemic lasts, um, 
then there might be time to continue the league play in the summer or it just gets cut off and this season ends maybe in a week so basically what i'm trying to say is get mentally prepared for Jaden sancho to play his last game potentially for this club in front of literally nobody so um yeah that that bumps everyone out i know but uh, it is what it is um that all being said um i i think you should already um cancel it now um i don't see a reason why you should uh yeah have these players travel around and maybe some of them already have the virus and uh, then playing sport will obviously not uh, help in in that regard so um what i found interesting today is there were statements out by the sporting director michael Zorg, who uh said first or, or the süddeutsche zeitung first reported that uh, the uh, upcoming games should be cancelled and he basically said there is no blueprint of how to deal with this situation it's a new circumstance for everyone and this situation has an incredible dynamic when i see that the spanish and italian leagues have been suspended effective immediately even though they will have to deal with even more scheduling issues due to the fact that they have a 20 team league i ask why should we be able to do the same now um the headline was that he basically wants uh, the upcoming match day cancelled but uh, then uh, Borussia Dortmund's press officer clarified via the uh, journalist's WhatsApp group chat that Zorg uh, uh, was talking about things in, in general, saying things can continue like this forever. Um, so that was sort of a... I don't know if it was a backpedal or not, whether, um, you know, the Süddeutsche got it wrong, but I, I honestly doubt it. I mean, Freddy Röckenhaus is a very experienced journalist and I'm I'm sure... He just he just wrote what Zorg told him, and then uh, they tried to say, "Oh, we didn't authorize this," and sort of retracted this. But um, the fan collective Südtribüne had a, a more um, decisive decisive stance, and the fan collective Südtribüne or Bündnis Südtribüne, whatever you want to call it, is basically the the collective voice of uh, supporter groups, ultras, and individuals on the yellow wall, and uh, you know. Of, of the fans and they wrote um, even though we have the clear wish to give our team the biggest possible motivation ahead of the derby in front of empty stands by for example a bus reception we will not gather in front of the Westfire Shadow and the same holds true for the time during or after the game regardless of the result with this relatively small step we want to simply avoid any further risk without expert knowledge one can recognize the potential spread of this pandemic when taking a look at Italy. There, the spread has already reached dimensions that nobody would complain about the suspension of football games. German officials will lead heated discussions behind closed doors about the continuation of league play. However, the fact that the first and second Bundesliga haven't been suspended yet does not show wisdom or responsibility, especially regarding the endangered parts of society and healthcare workers. The fact that football without fans lacks everything that makes it special was visible yesterday in Paris and Mönchengladbach continuing this way for weeks and maybe months only to ensure the season f is being finished in accordance with its re regular schedule would be senseless and without any value. In our view there is no way, no way around the suspension of the upcoming match days ideally including this weekend. So I think that's that's a pretty good stance to to take and to show solidarity 
with uh, the people that are most affected by this pandemic. Um, what is your reaction? My reaction is total agreement. I, I don't think that Bundesliga matches without fans are, are really worth playing. Uh, if you're not going to have them there, it's, it's, it's not even a real game. So I think you just do the right thing and stop it now and get people out of these, well, get the players out of these buildings, or like get, get everybody home, separated, try to slow this thing down. There's all the sciences out there saying that we just need to avoid like all these people getting together. I understand that the fans will not be at the game. So these are not big, big gatherings, but still uh, these games without the fans are just, we're seeing that they're just nothing. And I don't think there's any point in going forward with this when it's, it's getting to the point where it's going to get suspended anyway. So I think just tacking on one more uh, match day is not really going to do anybody any good. Yeah. I mean, as of right now, um, we know that uh, the Arsenal coach has it. A, a player of um, FC Chelsea has uh, been uh, tested positive as well. So I'm not quite sure what they're doing in the Premier League with this. I guess we'll hear more by tomorrow. Um, and I mean, once a player in the first division in Germany has it, you need to cancel it right away anyway. That's that's my view. So just do it now because it's inevitable anyway and uh, I don't see much sense um, playing a game in front of an empty stand, really. Um, I think we had one game and that was uh, proof enough. Um, so, yeah, that's all, all I will say. Um, interestingly, uh, there are probably a lot of people who can watch the game uh, in the United States. As we record this... Um, Fox is showing, uh, I think, college basketball on FS1 and FS2. That being said, uh, that has also been cancelled in the United States. So maybe they show it, but uh, right now it's only available on Fox Deportes. I personally can't watch that, so I would have to watch via the Fox Soccer Match Pass. And uh, I personally and I've read other have the same issue uh, if you want to stream it on your phone and then sort of Chromecast it or whatever you can't because the app doesn't appear in the iTunes store anymore so the, the service has been discontinued so that's a shit show as well I, so I'm just hoping they if if the game actually proceeds they put it on either FS1 or FS2 so that I can watch it and I hope uh, more people as well but uh, in, in general um, I think that's that's not what the Bundesliga deserves to be honest uh, I think they deserve to be treated a bit better Um so I, I hope that ESPN Plus will do a better job and to leak more justice so that uh, yeah people can can watch every game whenever they please and there aren't any yeah weird workarounds or whatever. Um, I don't know how you see it, but I, I'm a bit frustrated by this entire ordeal. Right. Uh, I've had to use uh, Fox Mo Soccer Match Pass just ever since I started following the club back in 2015. Yes, that was not very long. But uh, it's it used to be a decent service. Uh, they had other leagues as well, competitions, not not so much national leagues, but a lot of um, MLS and, and uh, U.S. men's national team and stuff like that. But over time, actually, they used to have the Europa League and the Champions League as well. So th that was a great service then. But uh, over time, it has just deteriorated. And like you said, the fact that they're not even supporting the app anymore while charging people $20 a month is, is absolutely brutal. Uh, I tried to uh, watch the uh, Gladbach game through uh, Fox Soccer Match Pass, not, 
not uh, the makeup game that they had there with Frankfurt. And it wasn't even on Match Pass. This is the first match that has not been on Match Pass since I started subscribing to the thing. I'm not sure why it wasn't there. But luckily, I was able to find an FS2 stream. But uh, yeah, it's I'm, I'm going to embrace uh, ESPN Plus with open arms when they finally get uh, the Bundesliga. And my hope is that they just take all of the wonderful world feed commentators that I've grown to very much appreciate because they help me learn the game. Uh, and yeah, I hope that uh, it's a great new chapter for the Bundesliga on ESPN+. I don't have anything more to say. So Adam, you have the last word. Yeah, I, I wish this match was not being played because I just have a, a weird feeling about it going in because because it's you know in front of nobody and it's not really a home game. But you know, I really do want to go out with a strong performance, and I hope that they can pull that off. All right, your word in God's ear. Uh, what's your prediction? Oh, the prediction. I think it's going to be a tough one because they don't have their fans behind them and they are a little lethargic and they're coming off a tough game in Paris. Uh, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to say, gonna, this part's not out there, I'm going to say it's going to be a two-to-one win, but I'm going to say that the one from Schalke is they're actually going to get Bergstaller his first goal and it's <laughs> going to come on like a, 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 sh a shit set play or something like that and Bergstaller is actually going to get one. Yeah, I think it's going to be a 3-1 win for Dortmund. Um, I actually have more confidence in a win without fans than with fans, weirdly. Um, I don't know. It's, I'm, I'm just uh, scarred from, from the last Riviera derbies at home, which all sort of were shit shows in their own special way. I mean, having two players sent off for exactly the same foul uh, in, in the dumbest way and dumbest circumstances uh, is something you need to achieve looking at you, Marco Royce and uh, Marius Wolf. That was not great. And obviously blowing a four, nothing lead uh, within one half also really, really stinks. So um, all this sucks and Dortmund really have to make amends for it. That being said, uh, even if Dortmund win this game, there will not be the uh, rejoice that you would feel usually. So that's a bummer. But uh, yeah, a 3-1 win is what I will predict. Adam, um, while I have you here, please uh, tell our listeners where to follow you on the Twitter. And uh, I don't know if you want to get givefbref.com a plug or not. Uh, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, uh, Fußball Twit on Twitter. Uh, and FBref is is where I've been consulting ever since they they launched the site. I would do some uh, user experience design for them, and and uh, it's a world football stats site, and I love working on it. Awesome. Yeah, you can find me at Stefan Butzko on Twitter, and you can get in touch with all of us at Yellow Wall Pod on Facebook and Twitter. If you want to sponsor an episode, go to Patreon.com/slash/TheYellowWall, and if you want to subscribe to this podcast in all the various means please do that via youtube itunes soundcloud stitcher spotify google play amazon etc <laughs> so um yeah please do that and uh if you want to access the content on our paywall also you can do that via patreon.com for one dollar a month and then you get access to all the written content on the yellowwall.net so please do that as well. Um, although disclaimer, uh, if there are no more games, then there won't be that much to write about. So there's that. Anyway, um, I hope we will have plenty more shows this year. Um, so in either way, hoping that this game will play, I will just say 
As always, thank you for listening and until next week, goodbye.